Hi, this is Vernon Kay, and welcome to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line, where each week we'll take you behind the scenes with exclusive England rugby chat. We're coming to you from the luxurious surroundings of England's training centre at Peniel Park, ahead of the first Six Nations match against Italy. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by one of the most explosive centres in the international game. The first session I remember coming off the field and telling Dad how much I enjoyed it, the team atmosphere, and it just came very easy. Yes, it is, of course, the one and only Jonathan Joseph. Are we, like, brothers from another? <laughs> I guess we are. We are, yes. A, all right, I'm a northerner. As well as our featured interview, England captain Dylan Hartley reveals the music that motivates him. You'll be surprised. Uh, I've got to go current. Uh, anything by Justin Bieber. Uh, love yourself, oh, maybe. I'm off. That's no, it. I'm sit, done. Sit down, I'm done. Sit down, mate. This man please. represents our great nation. Hey, he, he's a... So you're a believer? Of course. And England women's multiple Six Nations Championship winner, Danielle Waterman, is the first to take part in our quiz, Mystery or Me? Why did I go for the mystery <laughs> subject? I'm, wor- I'm so bad at quizzes. I should have just, at least, I could have had something to do with me. I'm Vernon Kay, and this is the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. So it's a great pleasure uh, to be sat opposite JJ, Jonathan Joseph. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. You look, you look. I'll be honest with you. Visually, you look fit. Do I? Yeah, you look. You look like you've lost a bit of timber. Is that right? No, I probably put a bit on. Have you? Yeah. Really? I have. Yeah. I have. Uh, So let's talk about your early days as a rugby player. Uh, You're from a very, very sporty family. Sister plays netball. Dad played rugby, and your mum's sporty as well, right? Yeah, she's she's a PE teacher. She did you know hockey, swimming, you know, you name it. So yeah, a very. Very sporty background. I've got a younger brother who's pretty similar to me as well in terms of what he does uh, sports-wise. So, uh, yeah. So were you always destined to be a rugby player? Did you know? Because is it true, correct me if I'm wrong, that your dad said after a week of you being on God's given planet, he said, this boy's got to be a rugby player. Yeah, they. you know, you get those, um, you know, birth books or whatever it is and he... There was a question of what do you want your son to be when he grows up and he wrote in the rugby player, so... Nice. Who'd have thought it? And is he proud as punch when he sees you put on the jersey, when he sees you walk into Twickenham? Yeah. Does he, it, does he give you any pep, pep talks? He, he gives me uh, constructive criticism, let's say. <laughs> uh, I get Love a lot, that. I get a lot of that off him. Um, but no, he loves it and he, he thinks he knows. Because he played professionally himself, didn't oh. he? He says he says he did. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how true that is. Is there any any footage of? of, of... <laughs> I've never seen. I've Seriously, never seen, I've seen pictures, and that's about it. But um, he th- he thinks he knows a lot about the game, which is quite funny. And he'll try and have a chat with me from time to time. Right. So let, let's talk about you as a kid. Yeah. Right. You're obviously got this family who are very very sporty. You pick up a rugby ball. Can you remember your first ever rugby match as a kid? I can remember my first rugby session. Right. What did you think? Because being brought up in, in, in Bolton, we didn't play a lot of rugby. But when we did, that was the sport that I hid in my bib. Really? Yeah. Didn't like the physical contacts. I liked the running because mm. I was good at running. Yeah. But the physical stuff, I was having none of that. Mm. But obviously you've blossomed as a rugby player. So was that something that you thrived on as a young lad? Um, I think at, when I first played, I think I enjoyed the... The freed. I was always quite a quick and agile kid, you know, and played a lot of sports. So having the ball in my hand and being able to sidestep people just came quite quite easy to me, to be honest. Um, the physical side, sort of down the line, came a bit more of a, a factor, and uh, I worked on that and probably got helped genetically, having a few fast twitch muscle fibers, which probably helped <laughs> for the for the smaller boys that are on the rugby field. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I got lucky with that as well. 
And did you enjoy it from the from the moment you started? Did you enjoy rugby? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, the, the first session I remember coming off the field and telling Dad how much I enjoyed it, the team atmosphere, and uh, just it just came very easy. But you're good at a lot of sports, right? Like you excel in tennis. I did do a lot. I did do a lot of tennis. Um, that was probably my main sport actually growing up. Um, but I think the you know, being on your own out there, I didn't like that as much as... Hang as on, on your own? Do you have no friends, John? I didn't have any friends playing tennis, no. Uh, no, I just, <laughs> I just didn't... I didn't bond with it. I didn't... Were you a you know, tighty-whities kind of guy? Or were you like uh, Andre Agassi with the with the cycling shorts, with shorts over <laughs> yeah, the top? Yeah, the earring in and yeah. things like that. Uh, <laughs> I think I was neither. Um, but no, it was, all, it was it was always rugby. I, I liked I liked football, did a lot of football as well. Did, weren't you in uh, Derby County? I got trials for Derby County, but because it... Fell on a Sunday, and that's when rugby was on. So I didn't, I right. didn't go along. But I don't think I, I wouldn't have been that good at football. I was just quick. I was just quick back then. Now, doing some prep, believe it or not, for mm. this interview, I was taken aback by the fact that you are from Derby, mm. right? So, do you class yourself as a Northerner? <sighs> It's, it's, Mid, it's Midlands, isn't it? Derby's Midlands. I think so. you'll find geographically, it's, it, it's a little bit more north than, than the Midlands. Is it? I class I class Birmingham as the Midlands, right? That's it. it you you are. You say like, Derby's north. My wife's from from New Mills, which is literally I'd say half an hour from Derby, no more, and she classes herself as a northerner. So Jonathan Joseph, are we like? Brothers from another. <laughs> I guess we are. We are. Yes. A, all right. I'm a northerner. Yeah. You'd have thought it. But do you not class yourself as a northerner? I've, I thought I was a Midlands boy. Oh, okay. I thought I was a Midlands boy. Yeah. Right. So when was your first big break in the rugby world, in the sporting world? Because could you have chosen football, tennis or rugby? Were you that good at all those sports? Uh, I, I could have I gone down one avenue. Yeah. I don't know whether, I don't know how successful I would have been. I don't think I would have been that great at football. I might have gone quite well at tennis, but I don't think I had the mental strength to be, you know, great at that. Uh, I think rugby was definitely the one. And um, what age? I'd say it's probably around 15, 16. I really had to focus on the rugby. And right. that's when I sort of went off to Millfield. And that's where things sort of started to progress and show a lot of, you know, improvements and things like that. And physically, as a young lad, were you uh, an early developer or were you a late developer? No, I was, de I was definitely a late developer. And, that's why it's quite tough because I was always very good at a very young age and then all these kids were getting a lot bigger and a lot stronger and even faster than me and uh, it took me a while to catch up sort of thing. Did you hit the gym back then in, the, in those school days? When I was about... College days? 17. Right. Late 16, 17, yeah. Oh, nice. But I, I didn't really enjoy it, no. Now, I've got a message from my wife, Strictly Come Dancing's Test Daily. Lovely. Because we sat and discussed the fact that you're an accomplished dancer, Jonathan Joseph. So we reckon we could get you in. Oh, my God. <laughs> How have you found that? Uh, How have you found that? Oh, you know, Wikipedia is kink. It, talk, talk to me about this because, because <laughs> I'll tell you, we'll take it, we'll take it, right, as from this is the angle, all right? Yeah. The reason why you're successful at centre <laughs> is because you're quick on your feet. Yeah. Which is probably because you're an established dancer. What do you mean established dancer? Well, I heard that you're a grade A student when it came to dancing. <laughs> so was, dra was drama and dancing something that you did at school? Don't be embarrassed about right, it. It's okay, awesome. So, um, it's great. So, so I, was never, I was never that academic. I wasn't not academic, but I, I, I didn't enjoy sitting in a classroom and learning that way. I was always, you know, I always wanted to be on my feet, always wanted to be active. So mum was like, well, why don't you just pick drama and dance with it? I was like, um... 
oh, I could do, to be fair. There's a lot of girls in the class, whatever. <laughs> I managed to persuade my mate. Um, so me and my mate joined up, obviously, for GCSEs. And we had a great year, dancing away. And then at uh, the end of that year, his family moved out to America. So you're on your own? <laughs> he stitched me right up. So Brilliant. I was, I was on my own in the final year. Are there, are there any pivotal roles that you played, like end of year concert, end of year, Chris, <laughs> you know, kind of Christmas, Christmas gig? There was, Is there anything there that was, stands out? There was one gig I had to do, yeah. What was it? Uh, I don't know. It was Come like... on, was it, was it? Were you the lead in the Nutcracker? No, it was like me and my fellow dance partner, and it was all the all the schools and all the all the dance class and everything all joined together, and they did a big old performance, and I was one of the acts on it. So, if they, if they asked you to do it, would you do Strictly Come Dancing? No. Why not? No, because I'm not actually that good at dancing. Really? No, I'm not. I just it, because you you do I just not, physically you, quite... you you do realize that past. Rugby competitors in Strictly. I think we've had two rugby winners. Have we? Strictly come dancing. It's yeah. a lot of pressure then as well. It, it is, JJ. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see you in the old uh, the Gaucho outfit yeah. for the, <laughs> for, I think I'd, yeah, for the Latin dances. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, this is Marley Packer and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast O2 Inside Line. So we'll have more from England centre Jonathan Joseph shortly, but a little earlier on I caught up with England captain Dylan Hartley for the first in our new series, Three Tracks. Now music is a great motivator. So you've come off the training field, you want to relax. Pre-game, you want to get amped up, you want to get psyched. Or if you've got some downtime, maybe you want to mellow out a little bit. But the first track that you've chosen is what, Dylan? All that she wants is another baby. Say that again? You heard. The ace of bass, all that she wants is another baby. Correct, yeah. Uh, Reason being, it's probably the first song I remember as a kid. Um, My mum driving along, picking us up from school in the Holden Cortina. Uh, My mum had that turned up and we'd just be in the back singing singing along. It's funny how music, as Will Smith used to say, sparks off nostalgia. You know, it brings back memories. And smells. And And smells, smells apparently. There you go, yeah. So that's your first one. What's your second one? The Killers, Mr. Brightside. Great tune. Yeah, um, a lot of good memories of that. Um, shared with a lot of good friends, mainly from holidays, uh, a couple of years in a row. Well, that's one tune that wherever it's played, whenever it's played, and why ever it's played, it always gets people on the dance floor. Yeah, I think uh, for me, a lot of student unions, uh, a lot of time spent in those through my uh, early 20s, and like I said, on, on holidays. And like you say, it's a good song to, to dance along to and, and get on your feet. Have you ever seen them live, The Killers? No, I haven't. I'd really? like to, I'd like to, yeah. They usually play every festival in the UK at one time or another. But what's your third and final track, Dylan? Uh, I've got to go current. Uh, anything by Justin Bieber. Uh, love yourself, oh, maybe. I'm off. That's no, it, I'm sit, done. Sit down, I'm done. sit down, mate. This man please. represents our great nation. Hey, he, he's a... Uh, how many songs has he got in the top top 20 at the moment? I think he's a, So you're a believer? Of course. <laughs> wouldn't be here, mate. Um, <laughs> he, he's brilliant, mate. Me and Owen Farrell late at night up in our room at Penny Hill. Uh, cut her up on the sofa, having a good sing-along. Um, anything by B was pretty decent by me. Oh, there you go. Dylan Hartley is a believer. I like that. Guilty. Well, thank you very much. Three, I was going to say great tracks, but they're three different tracks, which I guess represent your own personality. Yes, I'm a little bit different. We noticed. So let's get back to my chat now with England's Jonathan Joseph. And after talking about his early life in part one, we moved on to what he likes to get up to away from the rugby pitch. You're a big fan of other sports as well, right? You keep your, keep your eye on other sports. The Super Bowl is around the corner. Yeah. Patriots versus New England Patriots versus Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Who's your money on? Do you think Brady's going to do it again? 
Well, if it was my money that I'm betting with, I would say Tom Brady. If it's mm. your money, I would go Eagles by 10. Oh, really? Mm, definitely. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I think, yeah, any team can win it. You see how the games have fallen um, in that in that last game. So, yeah, I, c- I couldn't call it. I wouldn't be comfortable calling it. I wouldn't put any money on it, to be honest. And do you keep your eye on any other sports? Like, did you watch Roger win his yeah, 20th Grand Roger, Slam? Yeah, I watched Roger. Yeah, he's a great player. And um, I always love watching him, especially in finals and semi-finals, because he's... That winning mentality he has, the way he wins the big points, he doesn't let a lot phase him. He's just a, he's just a class act. He's just a he's a real joy to watch. I've always loved it. He obviously, playing tennis at a young age, I've always grown up sort of watching him, and you know his career has been unbelievable. Now, being a professional sportsman, it is your job to excel at the highest level, and you're constantly in a professional environment where you're taught uh, how to win. You know, you're given help psychologically how to compete, physically as well. You guys are in. Uh, fantastic shape. So you know how difficult it is to be a winner and be at the top of your game. Is there any current sports star that inspires you in the way that they carry themselves both on and off the field? Like, because you met JJ. Uh, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. JJ, right? Yeah. yeah, and he's a great example of competing at the highest level, um, having to, you know, make big plays almost in, in the matches he's in. And when... The cards he's been dealt aren't really going his way and or what have you. The fights aren't going the way people have predicted. He's still come out on top and uh, proven people wrong. Um, so people like that, like I said before, with Roger Federer, the way he keeps coming back and back. And it, it's definitely a, a mental thing. People like Roger, I think, you know, he's live, he lives and breathes winning and it, it means so much more to him to win a game than, you know, anything else. And to be able to do that... Um, at his age. At his I, age, you know. You know he's he's not at the peak of his physical condition by by any means, but um, he's got he's got something you know in his head which helps him through those those big points. All right, JJ, a uh, couple of quick fire questions, lifestyle wise. Last tune that was played, what would it be? Uh, oh, on the way in, I was listening to uh, Migos's new album on the way down, but I reckon when I was coming in, it probably would have been "Love Yours," J Cole. So like you like your hip hop, your R and B yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. What was your what was the one track when you were at school that got you on the dance floor? Oh god, at school. Because everyone remembers school disco. Yeah, but for me, I'm a little bit older than you, so for me, it was Tiffany. I think we're alone now. You won't know that one. <laughs> I think we're alone yeah. now. Uh, but what was that one track that brings back school memories? <sighs> it was the Nutcracker that he danced to at Christmas when he was performing. Know, maybe like Black Eyed Peas or something. I'm not even sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, maybe. And do, do you keep up with music trends and tastes and that kind of thing? Is there anyone who you compare or swap music with in the England camp? No, not really. Um, obviously, me and Anthony are obviously very similar. So You're quite tight, you two, aren't we you? We are tight, yeah. So we listen, like, we just listen to each other's music, I guess. And there's always a divide in the gym as to whose music's on and who likes what. And Jack Knoll and like Henry Slade, like, the worst music possible. Yeah, like, deliberately, like, to try, they try and annoy you, I think, with but, it. But... And when as soon as anyone mentions Jack Knoll, you know that that ball is going to curve <laughs> yeah, a lot for sure, and it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different tastes amongst uh, amongst the boys. Yeah. Are you and Anthony competitive? I'd say yeah. I think, but but I think every every player is competitive in in this uh, in in a professional rugby environment. I think just because me and Anthony probably. Do you send each other Christmas cards? No. Did you buy him a Christmas present? No. Would you buy him a birthday present? Uh, yeah, potentially. Right, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you both like your trainers. You both like your, your, mm. your two very stylish blokes when I've seen you pop up on the old Instagram. Uh-huh. 
Uh, do you keep an eye on that? Do you read GQ magazine? Do you have a stylist? I don't have a stylist. Um, I have a girlfriend who's quite good at styling me out. She actually took me shopping at the weekend. We got some nice, nice, nice garms. Um, Hang on, does she dress you for her or does she dress you for you? I think me for me. I'd right. say me for me. Right. Um, <laughs> she knows what she knows what looks good on me. Right. Um, and yeah, I've got an eye for for things and see what what's coming into fashion. So. When you got your first ever professional pay slip, when the cash went in the bank, what did you buy? Oh. Because I'll never forget my first proper T4 Channel 4 paycheck came through. I've still got it. I bought a dining table that rotates into a pool table. <laughs> and I've used it twice. <laughs> but I only bought it because my Uncle Graham had one. And I thought as a kid, that's, that's class, that. So what did you buy when you got paired for the first time? Probably my probably my watch, actually. Oh, nice. I, this wasn't my first pay slip, though. This was, I think, after my first cat or maybe one of Six Nations. I was like, or Grand Slam, maybe. I was like, I deserve this one. Do you pat yourself on your back when you win? When you, yeah, when, when you... Because um, you deserve make, it. Make, yeah, a, a great achievement or whatever. I think it's nice to mark it with some memorabilia or... You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2's Inside Line. We'll be back with JJ in just a moment. But it's not just the men who are hoping for a good Six Nations campaign. The women are also in camp as well. And uh, during some well-earned downtime, Prop Sarah Byrne played the role of Question Master in our new quiz. Hi, I'm Sarah Byrne, joined by Nolly Waterman. This is called Mystery or Me. You can either choose questions on you or mystery subject. Probably because I'll be shamelessly bad at answering questions on myself. I'm going to go for the mystery. <laughs> How summer set are you? Oh, this is where I'm going to have to fly the flag for my West Country roots. Come on. What connects Mary Berry, John Cleese, Jensen Button, and Sir Ranulph Fiennes? Is it Bath Rugby? Ooh. Mary Berry. Yet yeah, her brother played it for Bath Rugby with my dad. Hell of a stat. Great gentleman. <laughs> Loved him. I was going to say, yeah. I've never seen her play for Bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her brother played. Um, close, but not quite close enough. It was all born in Somerset. And they all have got links, some thread through the line with Bath Rugby. <laughs> I'm going to be dreadful at this. I should have chosen myself. This is awful. <laughs> Can I revert? Oh, you'll probably be around for this. What year... <laughs> <laughs> was the first Glastonbury Festival held? Gosh, it started off really... I actually read it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I did, but it's probably written in Slate, so I couldn't quite <laughs> read it properly. From um, Glastonbury tour. Um, oh, 60s or 70s. I'm going to go sometime in the 70s. 71? Oh, really close. 1970. Ah, oh, one year... You've got to give that to me. Thank That's you. Nothing for nearlies. Oh, you just might actually know this one. What stone surrounds the famous Cheddar Gorge? Is it limestone? Yes, well yes. done. Taunton in Somerset. That's was... where I was born. Oh, well, you might get this one then. Musgrove. In Somerset was the first town in the country to have what? An England international born there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and... Cider. Really close, permanent electric street lighting. <laughs> Which is actually fueled originally from cider apples. <laughs> Can I do me rather than this? This is your now? last question. I should. I could have learned something about myself rather than <laughs> Somerset. 
Which cricketing legend from the West Indies, you'll probably get this one, played for Somerset in the 70s and 80s? Cricket isn't my forte. Sounds like Riv Richards. <laughs> Viv Richards? <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> oh, why did I go for the mystery subject? I'm, wor- I'm so bad at quizzes. I should have just at least, I could have had something to do with me. And I, I can get it all right if I get the one question you choose about me. Is that yeah. a deal? Yeah. Because I think that, wasn't a, that was a bit difficult. And I'll redeem myself if I get it right. <laughs> so, Nolly, one question on you. Get this right and we'll eradicate your awful score against Somerset. Okay. I'll, Ready? I'll, come on. How many tries have you scored in 26 Six Nation matches? It's between 1 and 50. 25. Nice! <laughs> I know that because I the stat came up that I was 20... It would have been 21 games and... No, 22 games and 22 tries. And then I scored one in each game. And then in against Ireland in the last game to go match for match, 26-26... I was there for about four tries and no one passed me the ball. So, yeah, they destroyed my stats of a, a try per game. So, yeah. Oh, what a shame. Just missed it out. But I am 100% record on, on win ratio, so I'll take that too. Nice. And me, one game, one try. <laughs> Hi, this is Dan Cole and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Subscribe on iTunes or at englandrugby.com. Time now for part three of our chat with England centre Jonathan Joseph. We're facing Italy. Can we win three on a bounce? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think so. I think we've got the the, the squad, the players, um, and the ambition to to go out there and and win it. Um, it comes a game at a time, and, and our first don't bring, game. Don't give me the cliches. No, the cliches. Don't, don't give me the them. one game no, at a time. It, it, it is, it's like that. You know, we can't, <laughs> yeah. we can't, we can't not. Because Eddie drills that into you, doesn't he? He does, he does, and I think that's why we've had a lot of success in the past. I think. If you think too far ahead, which I think a few teams probably do, um, you you lose track of what's in front of you, and you can only beat what's in front of you. And we want to make sure we get off to a good start because you know in the past we probably haven't hit the ground running in at the start of our campaign. So we need to definitely hit the ground running and and uh, and put in a good performance for Italy, and then that will you know move on to the week after. In the past, in previous years, you've been ridiculously successful against Italy. It, that's not luck. What is it against the Italians that players? to your favour? I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. I think it's just, uh, it just so happens to be that that game, uh, it's opened up for me and boys have created space and, and there's been holes there to, to run in. Um, you know, no try is is never really just down to the individual. It is usually a, a team effort. It is a, you know, a prop turning over the scrum ball for you or something like that. You know, it, it could be uh, small margins like that. So, um it is definitely down to the team and whoever scores the hat-tricks and things like that will definitely you know, agree with, with what I'm saying here. We've got some uh, fresh faces, some new faces in the squad going into this tournament. Does that bring a new energy to the team or is it, is it kind of a step back in that you've got to get to know how they play, you've got to know their mindset, you've got to know uh, how they're going to play the ball? How does that work when you've got so many new faces in the squad? I think it's, it's exciting. It's, it's a new challenge as well. Um, a lot of boys will have to step up into more senior roles and and let the young guys come through and you know bring that energy and 
uh, that desire to represent England. Um, but I think we still have a great balance here of, of senior guys and guys with experience with caps and things like that to, to lead those boys in the right direction. All right, now, JJ, before you go, uh, we're just going to finish, as we do with every show, uh, with some quick-fire questions, all right? Uh, as brief as you can. What's your favourite meal and which three fantasy dinner guests would you like to share it with? Italian, is that? Yeah, you can have that. Okay, yeah. Italian. Um, pasta or pizza? Oh, Carving pizza, pizza. pizza. Um, okay, Ooh. Jay-Z. If you're having Jay-Z, you've got to Beyonce. Yeah, Jay-Z, Beyonce and Will Smith. I've gone very... That's, very, a, good, that's a good party. <laughs> that is a good party. If you could only hear one music track ever again, what would it be and why? Ed Sheeran. Perfect. Nice. With what, Beyonce. What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Stockbroker. Wow. What's your favourite place on earth? Destination. Yeah. Caribbean. Very nice. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, sound of a car. What are you bad at? Cleaning. What advice would you give your 12-year-old self? Work harder. Who's the most famous person in your form? Uh, Anthony. <laughs> Eddie Jones. There you go. Eddie Jones. Perfect. Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much. Thank you Really very much. appreciate it. You've Thanks been very open, me. very honest, and uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a really, really good, interesting chat. Uh, cheers, buddy. Thank you very much. Cheers. The amazing Jonathan Joseph. We've got loads more to come next week, including a section that we might name At Home with Dan Cole. Medals that normally I just give them to a parent to stick away, but I'm actually, my wife sort of forced me to keep them, so but they go on a shelf in like, my office and they're just there. My office? My office. I like that. Yeah. I'm not being rude. I'm not being rude. <laughs> what, what do you do that requires an office? <laughs> I've got some calls to make. Um... You've been listening to the England Rugby Podcast with Auto Inside Line. Now, don't forget to check out all the latest videos on the official England Rugby YouTube channel. And if you've got time, head to our iTunes page to review this podcast and help us climb those rankings. It's all about rating and reviewing. So go on, get involved. We'll see you next week.